Well, welcome to another Panthers pre-game podcast on Panthers Radio. We're looking ahead to, well, the start of the regular season. It's finally here. Manchester away in the Challenge Cup on Saturday. And then the Storm back in Nottingham, four o'clock on what's going to be a really great day. So many activities planned. And it's a special day because the regular league season starts in Nottingham on Sunday at four o'clock. As usual, I'm joined to reflect on things and look ahead. By a distracted Dan Green. You're watching football, aren't you, Greener? I am, yeah. I'm watching Man City. Uh, Jono Bullard. Hey, Jono. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks, Chris. And I'm delighted to say he only normally makes a uh, appearance on the post-game podcast. But on the pre-game podcast, welcome for the first time, I think, in a while, Kenneth Feast. Hi, everyone. It's, it's way past my bedtime is all I'm going to say. I know. We've got <laughs> you up late here got you up late here so appreciate it kenneth we'll we'll get into the 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 weekend coming up very soon indeed Uh, but greener if we can tear you away from the football when you reflect on pre-season three wins for the panthers one defeat it's only pre-season you know but the coaches and the players have got to be happy with the way they tackled pre-season and and played in those games yeah, I think you would say it's it was almost perfect, really. Like you said, three and one record. You know, it's it's not all about winning games, but I'm sure if you just said to Jonathan and Omar, you know, before if we're going to win three out of four, you know, hopefully no no injuries picked up, you know, lots of goals scored in the final three games, good goaltending performances, um, a lot of the guys that really really top quality. Lots of exciting hockey. Um, yeah, I, I don't really think there are any negatives from the uh, from the four games. Don't know if there's going to be a standout takeaway from you seeing Panthers in in those four games. What what would it be? What's your? I mean, you missed the one, didn't you? Where where they lost, but you know the the three games. To, you know, what's your from all the good that we've seen in preseason? What's the biggest thing you take away? Well, I'm on a hundred percent record, so you know that's. A- that's always good. <laughs> uh, I think the speed the speed of the team is just something else. Phenomenal. And we saw it in Coventry on Sunday. We saw it against Coventry on Saturday at, at the motor point. Just so lightning quick all through the lineup. It's actually frightening how much speed that we have. And you're in love already. Um, what's what's your big takeaway from from these these like the two home games, especially that you know, as we talk about, you work with the crowd and you work with your team. What do you take away from what you've seen in those two games? So I, I would, I'm going to be greedy. I'm going to have two things. Number one is the energy. The energy is in, insane. That's coming off the ice towards the fans and being reflected back with the intensity and the passion that the team is showing. I think that is it's shaping up it's early days to keep saying this but shaping up to be a real Nottingham team that kind of really reflects the city which is a hard-working city blue-collar city going to work putting in 60 minutes and and really really putting it to it so that, that that's the big thing for me and then the second thing it's a bit of a bonus is I would say the the consistency across our two important netminders that we've been able to see in the preseason. That's been really pleasing because I think it's a long old season and I think the ability to share duties on the road, at home and bringing a consistency in that position. I know we've only seen four games, but I feel like we've got a good pair of netminders in the import slots behind the Panthers and that's a big thing that I'm taking from that. 
Ken talked about netminders greener, greener. The way you're looking there, it's like Tottenham have just been scored on. You, it was almost like a shocked fate, but no, Tottenham don't get scored on this year. Um, no, no. and this is Champions League, and Tottenham don't <laughs> play in that, so yeah, stole one of our Forest's best players, didn't you? Um, no, going back to the netminders, like for the first time, you know, Panthers have got a proper full time assistant coach. And he doubles up as the net mining coach. You know, he's a, a net miner. He's he's clearly, clearly someone who is going to work hard with the net miners. You know, he's a perfect foil to me for Jonathan, not only a great assistant coach, but in the most crucial position. You know, he's also lending his experience that, that he's got, not just as a player, but as a coach across North America. You know, is it maybe no surprise that we've seen a good start from the net miners because we have got investment in the in in the net miners effectively yeah i think definitely i mean obviously even today we, we were both at the rink and you know the goalies were on the ice before anybody else you know maybe with, with a couple of guys shooting but yeah I, I think it's great to have someone there that's going to be watching them every day working with them every day also just someone to bounce ideas off of you know as being a goalie just having someone to speak to and you know almost have a little team within the team and yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, he'll he'll work as a you know great partner with you know Jonathan with the players and as the team as a whole. But I think just those two guys, obviously, and young Luca, just having someone to to talk to, to watch video with, to to be on the ice with them every day. I think it will really help both of their development. A really hard one for you, Jono. But you know, again, just just talking about the standout players that there's too many to mention because that there's players doing it all over the ice and in different nights there's been a hell of a lot of different goal scorers already but if, if you're going to pick a, a player of pre-season for you know for want of a better phrase you know well you know you know, you know how we all we I made you punt for a captain and that's still not been decided as yet but yeah where, where would your you, you know who's been your best player of pre-season Good question, because there's been a few standouts, haven't there? I mean, you've got the Otto Nieminen, who scored four goals. Uh, Weston Michaud, who is the plus-minus leader at plus five. Uh, you, um, You're cheating. I wanted one. Logan Nielsen, who scored that fantastic goal on Saturday, but has come so close in all the games. But I think if I had to pick one standout for it, it would have to be Diedrich Hembrandt. Um, he's been superb. He's really quick. He's two goals, two assists, plus three on the plus minus. I think he, for me, has been the standout player. Ken? I'm going to go Rob Stoyanovic, just from the point of view that he is, he's really impressed me for, for a netminder coming in at the start of the season. He's just, he's just looked solid. Um, and that's because there's so many honourable mentions in the in the playing, you know, kind of the the non-netminding staff that I'd just be like, John, I'd just name them all eventually and give you a reason for all of them. But netminding, that is really, I think we starting from that solid number one, I'm assuming you'd be our number one, um, Rock Stojanovic, I would say. Greener? I think, yeah, the same as the other two guys. I could probably name two or three. Um, I think I'd probably go with Weston Michaud, though. I, I feel like we have a lot of speed, a lot of skill, a lot of goal scorers, but he seems like that one guy that is going to, like, stir the drink almost. He's going to be the one that 
you know, he might be a bit more physical. I, I don't think he'll be our top point scorer necessarily, but I think he'll be the one at the end of the year where you're like, he's our most valuable guy. Like he does a bit of everything. He'll chip in with points. I think he'll be a bit physical, you know, in those games that, you know, block shots, do those kind of things. So I think he's the one for me that I think he might not be the flashiest and maybe have potentially the most skill, but I think he might be the one at the end of the year where we think he's sort of our MVP. And I'm going to go Victor Bjorkan. I mean, there's again, I think so we've had forward here, defenseman and, and a goalie. There's there's more than one defenseman as well, just like the forwards and the goalies you could pick. But, but Victor, for me, you know, and we talked today and, and the video went out this evening. I, I felt he spoke really well. It's a guy who clearly knows what the vision of the team and you listen and you can think, you know, these players are buying into this philosophy that Jonathan and and Kevin are laying down, and and that interview and the words that that Victor said, you can see they are buying into everything that these coaches want them to do, and and so listening to Victor today was fascinating. But yeah, he, he to me has been a, a calm presence at the at the back end. He's one of a number of leaders that can lead this team. And as we speak here today, a bit earlier than usual, on, on a Tuesday getting ready for, for, for the week, um, the, the captaincy still hasn't been decided. It, it is imminently coming at some point. Um, but also, I say, we, we talked in the, in the interview about he's played as the defensive defenseman and also as an offensive one. His stats show that. And he's already shown why he's been a successful offensive defenseman because, you know, that some of the plays he's made already to get points on the board for Nottingham to get those assists have been really good indeed. So that there's been a widespread. There's guys that probably haven't got a mention that should have done, and really from top to bottom, you know, we, none of us mentioned Adam Johnson, but Adam Johnson is is just quietly, not flashily, you know, he's not perhaps made a massive, huge sort of impact that Niemann's had with four goals or Hembrandt, who's just lit the, the games up with speed. But every night now he's turning up those those four games, especially the three. The, 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 the you know I think we'll all admit I think they'll all admit that their first game in Sheffield is a bit of an eye opener. Um, but that was first game, and, and Victor said again in the interview we expected it wouldn't be perfect first game. But now going back to Adam Johnson, he's a quality player on the puck. He's already set up some some goals with with quality play, and you can see why he's played in the NHL. Uh, for for a few games, absolutely. And moving on to the weekend, guys. Um, Greener, we we talked a bit about this at, at the weekend, going into to Manchester, and, and I talked a bit about with with Victor about how they will have to adapt the game that they've been reveling in on the big ice at home. They will have the, to, to to adapt the game slightly, won't they? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, they would have had to have done that Sunday. Coventry is not quite Manchester, but it's it's a lot different than here. And they obviously did that with no problems at all. So, I mean, yeah, it, it will be a little bit harder. And, you know, it's a, it's a proper, you know, it's not a league game, but it's a, you know, a full competition game. So Manchester will be coming out 100%. So um, I think it will be a tough game, you know, a tough ring to play in. It will be a bit of an eye-opener to them. But I think the way they handle Coventry on Sunday, which is a similar situation, I, I don't really see them have any problems. Obviously, we've not seen Manchester yet, um, but Coventry beat them in pre-season. Guildford beat them in pre-season. Um, I expect nothing less than us to go in there and win, but it, you know, it is a potential banana skin because they are good in that rink and 
the rink is a little bit different. So I think it will be a real challenge for them, but I do expect them to come out with two points Saturday. Do you know where the dangers from Manchester this year? Um, they've had a lot of change the storm, and compared to last season, I think they kept ten players last season. I think it's only uh, six or seven this year. Um, but they have signed a couple of really good-looking forwards. Santuri Herala, who's the Finn, young Finn, he scored a shed load of points in the Alps Hockey League last season, so he'll certainly be one to watch. And also uh, Andreas Hare, the Norwegian, who also looks very a very, very good signing as well. Uh, they've also got their uh, captain, Cam Critchlow, who's a player I've always admired. Dallas Hearhart coming back into their defence. Zach Sullivan, who, who's been there for five seasons now. So they've got some settled players. Um, I think the, the interesting one for the Storm is 16-year-old Connolly, who's been signed on a um, full-time contract. He's the first graduate from the Manchester Storm Academy to go and play for the senior team. He's a player I saw an awful lot of in his earlier junior career. Uh, just an absolute goal machine at junior level. Scored a shed load of points. I think he's certainly going to be a player to keep an eye on. Yeah, Cam Critchlow, you make a good point there. He got involved in the GB setup this mm. year, played those three games in February and was really, really, really unlucky not to make the squad for the World Championship. I think he came so close. Do you know what I mean? I think, you know, when, when the coaches got down to the final few, it was almost a, a tough a, t- a toss of a coin. Uh, he made a massive impact on Great Britain and uh, he'll be there and thereabouts for the squad again going forward for, for the games that we play this year. Great on the ice, but also great off the ice, you know, fitted into that GB ethos very quickly indeed. So, uh, yeah, very, very, very uh, top person, Cam Critchlow, as I say, not just what you see on the ice because he can do a bit of everything on the ice. But as I say, it's so important when, when players come into that GB dressing room that they buy into that ethos. And, and him, and to be fair, all the others did as well. But I just thought Cam was, was so unlucky not to make the, the roster for the, for the World Championship. How much, Ken, are you looking forward to, to you know, opening night? The the response from the crowd has been great in the first two games, but but now it's for real. It feels like it's just got something a bit extra on the line. How much are you looking forward to Sunday? I'm hugely looking forward to it. I was I was ready for Sunday about two minutes after Sunday finished. I was like, <laughs> I was I was just buzzing. I mean, you know, I, I hope. Well, I, I'm pretty sure everybody felt the same way as I did because um, it's just we've got something to look forward to. I think we really have got something to look forward to. I just keep tempering my. Um, enthusiasm and how I feel just with look, you know, it's only it's only pre-season. It's, you know, but I I I do feel like the ingredients are there both in the team. And, and your point that you made, I, I listened to that interview with with um with with Victor Bjorkung and I completely agree. You know, this is it's the first time I've I've kind of watched the interviews and I f- I feel like they're not just sound bites of kind of stuff that's been said before. It just feels like there is a genuine underlying theme that's running through. I mean, you even used the, you were used the word relentless in that interview, and that's one of the words that is up on the dressing room wall, highlighted. Um, if you, can, I've I've not actually seen fully the inside of the dressing room, but I don't know if you can name all of the words. But but that 
the, the, the culture is running through and the and the mission is running through all the players and I don't I don't get the impression that they they're sort of empty sound bites I get the impression that this passionate Paraday has got this running through the heartbeat of everything that he does and I mean watching him fist bump and motivate the guys on the ice you know we've had, we've had coaches in the past uh, who've sort of had the line it's not my job to motivate the team and you, you know, yeah professional sportsmen supposed to turn up and be motivated and that's it but actually you know what I've seen a few comments people saying I wish, I wish Paraday was there in the morning when I go out to work because it just kind of <laughs> give me that extra push or actually yeah we all do need a little bit of motivation no matter how professional we are somebody kind of pumping you up and you know getting you ready for, for the day getting you ready for the game I just I don't know I just feel like it's diff- I feel like I'm just buzzing off it but I know I just there's so much to look forward to and I'm really, really excited about the game on Sunday. Sorry, it well, took you too make, long. <laughs> no, it's fine. And you make some good points. I'm going to touch on one with Greener, but but one I want to say to you, uh, the, you know, the mention about the sound bites, and you know, sport can be full of cliches and and sound bites that sometimes don't have any meaning. You know, you look at, at Nottingham Forest and everything that comes out of Steve Cooper and the players there. You, you can see that it it means something. You can tell yeah. Steve Cooper means what he says. It's not just a throwaway line. When he says the Nottingham Forest fans have, have, have made him something special and he's embraced them, he d- he's not just saying it because that's what the fans want to hear. He's saying it because he means it. And and the reason I make that comparison is, is I can see the comparisons beginning to form here with the Nottingham Panthers. And, and you go on about the sound bites. I mentioned quite early on, every interview I did pre-season with the guys, they all yeah. dropped it in. Okay, sometimes I teed them up for it and asked them a question relating to it, or maybe Jono did. But other times they would volunteer that information and they would all go, speaking to Jonathan, speaking to Omar, speaking to the coaches, we we get this special feel. So clearly the, the, the philosophy and, and, and the way things were wanted to be done was the seeds were sown in those initial phone calls and those initial Zoom meetings. And it brings me on to the one person that has played the sports uh, professionally greener. How big is it for a coach to get the guys on side really early on? And and ultimately once that happens and everyone buys in, that's massive. You know, you can feel that that two weeks into preseason, what is it? You know, two weeks plus a a week of no games. So what, you know, we've had a week from the, from the Thursday they met. Yeah, so it, there's there's been three weeks of preseason. How how massive is it that Jonathan clearly has got the buy-in of his whole room? Yeah, I, I think I think it's huge. I think you know the longer it takes for that to happen, obviously that's when the the problems start, and sometimes it kind of never happens. But yeah, I, I think I sort of echo everything you and Ken both said that it seems from you know the first day, the first interview, the guys are really excited. You know, obviously this team has been as Omar says, like handpicked because of their personalities, their work rate, you know, do we have the 20 best players in the league? No, obviously not. But, you know, they've purposely gone for speed, youth, you know, good characters, good work rate. And I think that's what Jonathan wants. And he thinks he can mould that into a team that can obviously potentially win. And um, yeah, they all seem really excited, you know, genuinely, you know, like you said, not sound bites, but actually excited to be here, working hard for each other, 
lots of smiles on faces. And yeah, I mean, if, if Jonathan's got them bought in already and they're 100% committed and they'll, you know, stick that out for the eight months, there'll obviously be a few ups and downs here and there. Um, I think we'll have a really, really positive season. And just Greenham again, because you've been in the dressing room, that, that's a really good good point about the ups and downs. It, it, you can often, like a team when they do well, it, it's a team that's going to win a championship are going to hit a bad patch. I don't think any team is is going to win whatever, 52 games, 54 games, whatever it is in a season in, in any sport. It's very hard in any sport to get perfect. I guess Man City are almost the closest to that, aren't they, these days? But, you know, th this we're learning lots about the good side to this team, aren't we? And we can, and, and we're purring at everything we see. I feel we'll, we'll learn even more about them. And, and I guess, you know, the, the evidence was their opening weekend of the season. They, they got soundly beaten in Sheffield and they bounced back the next night and they didn't have it all their own way for much of it. We've talked about it many times. We all got that sinking feeling at three, three and thought this script has been written and set come the same way so many times. But Nottingham scored late on, three minutes or so to go. So Greeno, in many ways, I guess what my point is here is you can learn a lot about the team when things are going well and see who can dazzle and, and rip teams apart. But in many ways, you can learn more about how a team, I think, can respond to, to when a downtime comes. Yeah, and undoubtedly at some point there will be, you know, some some down points. You know, hopefully they won't last very long and it will just be here and there. But, you know, like... Like you said, when we've been successful as a team, you know, when we won the treble, we lost games along the way. Um, you know, look at Belfast last year. They they struggled a little bit out of the gate. The first few months, they were a bit up and down and then they went on that great run. And yeah, you, you sort of learn more. And, and that, like you said, was a great point against Sheffield was we lost on the Saturday quite convincingly, but then bounced back and we were, we were awesome on the Sunday. And again, you know, they tied it up late, but we managed to find a way to win it. And I think having guys back, not that they're old, but guys like Ollie and Tets that are kind of seasoned British players, they understand the league. And, you know, I remember Corey always saying to us, you know, if you want to win this league, it sounds crazy, but you can't really lose two games in a row. If you lose on a Saturday, you absolutely have to win the next night or someone will overtake you. And I think guys like that, and obviously Kels has been around for you know a bit longer now and Rock's been in the league before. And I think it will be up to those guys that when we do lose on a Saturday or we have a poor game that you just have to bounce back 24 hours later and there's there's no excuse for it kind of thing. So um, like you said, so far so good. But when those sort of down moments do come, that's when you know we'll see what we're made of and how Jonathan and the team react. And I'm sure it'll be positive. We touched on this before, Jono, about the championship winning team. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because we, we all talk about that moment when they lost to Edinburgh and Jordan Fox came mm. out and effectively said enough's enough and it's not good enough. And from then on, I mean, they weren't 100% perfect, but they, if they'd lost more than four or five games after that, I'd, I'd be surprised. You know, and, and that, I guess, was that team's moment, wasn't it? It was the, the team then when they won the title mm. that was like, right, this ain't this is ain't good enough we're going to respond, and they did. You know what I mean? So yeah, it just was shows a... you that there are moments in championship-winning teams where that night they probably looked at each other in the mirror, their captain called them out publicly, and boom. Yeah, there, there was a couple of points in that season as well. Just going back to what Green said about not winning two games in a row, that team never lost two games in a row in the league that really? season. And also, I don't know if you remember, that the 
game in Sheffield at Christmas where I think we lost 9-4. Oh yeah, yeah. Dusty Wilson slapped somebody around the. Midway. Yeah, yeah, he, um, yeah. He, yes, he, it wasn't dirty at all. It was, it was no, it was just a little tap. There was nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, <laughs> but the next game, I think they played three night, two or three nights later at home to Dundee, and you could see the team looked very, very nervous to start with, and then went on and won eight one. And it's like what Dan was saying: it's that response to. Uh, to a loss, how do you come back? And that team came back and just absolutely destroyed another team. And then it was pretty much plain sailing from that point. And just finally, captains again. I know we've been here, but we've got a, an, another person to add into the mix in, in Kenneth. Um, we are no nearer. I'd say we're recording this on a Tuesday. It may be by the time this even airs, it, it might be that the, the captains are out. It's going to be pending. It's going to be soon. Uh, Greener, who did you say last the other week? Who did you choose? Uh, we all sort of picked a two or three that would well, be. The I, thought, sort I felt I pushed you for one, though, John. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if he will be because I have no inside knowledge in that. But if it was up to me, it would be Carl Neal, I think. Um, so Neal, and you stick. And my point is, you're sticking with that from what you've seen early on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, John, yeah, who did you guy. go for? Uh, I can't remember. I think I may have gone for Raleigh. I think. Maybe. Not sure. This isn't going as well as I, I thought it would. I thought you just <laughs> or justify your picks. Anyway, I went with Victor. It's a Victor loving for me today, isn't it? I went with Victor and I'm sticking mm. with Victor. Ken, who, who from what you've seen, would you plump for captain? There's a lot of choices. That's a really difficult one, actually. Um, I've not even considered it because I think there's there's several players out there that could, you know, the, everyone you mentioned would be a captain or captain material. Um, I I do like Bjorkung's attitude. Is sort of he doesn't back down. He's, he's, no. he's, I, I, there was a there was a danger. I thought that when he had that sort of rude introduction to the how the elite league is in Sheffield, and sort of um, you know maybe come off on the rough end of that. I thought, well, maybe does that does that mean he goes back inside his shell and we don't see that again for and then he's back out there doing it again and it's like. Yeah, do you know what? That that's somebody who's who plays the game very smart and isn't a bit of an agitator, but it will stand up for his he's not gonna you know, he's gonna stand up for his teammates and he's gonna lead. So I would I would say any one of those ones you've mentioned, I'm not gonna pick one, mm. um, because I think they're they're all good candidates. And I think there's other candidates within the side as well. Um so uh yeah, that's that's where I'm gonna leave it. You got splinters now, mate, haven't you? For sitting on the fence, yeah, 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 yeah. but but it's mm. uh, joking aside. I mean, I I've gone for Victor, but the names mentioned tonight, you know, there's there's and we've mentioned before as well in, on previous podcasts. So and it, it does show you it's an interesting call that the coaches will will have to make, you know, and and it'll be fascinating to see when we get that decision in the coming days or so. Anyway, guys, well, we're time being great just, to speak to oh, you. No, no, go, Ken. Just on that one, have you seen? Is it Guildford um, that have got a different leadership group home and away? Have you seen that? Same captain, that. but different alternates. Yeah, yeah. Not sure about that for me. I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong, and I. No, just see. I've never seen that before. That's I, it was new yeah. to me. I just... It, it, it. I, I'm yet to be sold on it. But like I say, I mean, it's something the Panthers could do because they've got so many leaders. Um, but I think you just need regulars for me. But. 
We'll see. But it's interesting. I haven't spotted that, but I have seen that done before. I feel like another team has done that before, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, there you go, guys. Brilliant to talk to you. We'll do a pod game, a post game podcast, of course, after the weekend. But for now, Ken, Jono, and Greener, thanks a lot. And thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you.